Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Octavia's Parables, our podcast where we are reading Octavia E. Butler's classical text, one chapter at a time. We are in Mind of My Mind, chapter eight. My name is Aja Marie Brown, and I'm here with my brilliant co-host. I'm Toshi Regan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Toshi, do you have any announcements before we jump into this thrilling chapter? Yeah, I'm feeling good about the fall. Lots of lots of fun things like Word Rock Sword 10, which we've been trying to do for like for three years. So here we go. Hopefully this is the year. We'll be at La Poison Rouge on September 17th and uh, doing some Toshi Regan shows, doing some residencies, um, looking at some new work, just being out there bouncing around. And of course, doing parable paths in multiple places with multiple geniuses and and getting ready for parable spring tour. Will that be 2023, Adrian? It sure will, babe. What we gonna do? do, do, do exactly, do, we're almost what there. We gonna do? Do, do. 2023. Um, so it's Oof. yeah. Um yeah, I just, I've given up on the time making sense to me. I'm just like, okay, we're just barreling forward. Got it. When the flying cars arrive, check with me. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> I think for the fall, the most exciting things that are happening, you know, we, Sonia Renee Taylor and I are running this institute called the Institute for Radical Permission. And Ooh. for those who may have missed the sign up, it was a 1,000 person only sign up for this initial experiment of it because we we were like that's what we think we can hold and still give people an intimate experience with each other Mm. but it's incredible the content Mm. is absolutely stunning so i want to make sure people know that you can purchase the evergreen course and you'll still receive all the materials and you can also just purchase the journal uh the journal for radical permission so you can Mm. walk yourself through this journey of what honing your body technology, learning to love your shadow, learning about mutual worship and self-worship oh. and living in your purpose and all of it. So, oh. you know, Sonia and I had a moment of looking at each other and being like, we are some of the freest black women that we know. And we gave ourselves permission to to step into this. And how could we create that, that those conditions or help others to yes. create those conditions? And we're like, we don't know for sure, but we're going to offer you everything we know. And we learned we have been learning so much in this process of creating the journal, creating the course, and there's incredible practitioners involved. Um, mm-hmm. All of that is included in the Evergreen course as well. So, you know, Che Che Luna will teach you about sexy dancing and Angel right. Kiona Williams will teach you about sexy meditation and, <laughs> you know, everything in between. So, um, right now. yeah, that's the thrilling thing happening over there. All right. So here we are. Chapter eight, Mary is stepping into her power, forming her pattern, learning how to hold it and control it. Mary is doing all of those things. And mm-hmm. um, she is she has just called the, the big family meeting. She has been threatened with violence, not once, but twice. <laughs> like, let's kill Mary, let's kill Mary. And here we are in chapter eight, where she let everybody know, like, that's not going to happen. And this Seth Dana comes up to Mary and says, hey, don't you think you should have done that 
two weeks ago when we all arrived here. He's like, you you know, let them know who you are. Yeah. And Mary's like, I don't know. I didn't, you know, and this is two weeks. <laughs> it's so deep. But Mary says, even in that two weeks, she really didn't know enough to be able to control, she feels, control not like killing everybody if they had attacked her. And so it's it's interesting what the time is is like. The time is not it's not really minutes and twenty four hours. The pattern inside of the of our sense of time is it's just on another spectrum. As she's talking to Seth, Clay comes in and Clay is like, I feel terrible. He feels terrible. Yeah. He looks terrible. He wants some aspirin, and he just he's not doing well at all. Yeah. And you know. They're like, how, what are we going to do? How can we help him? And Mary kind of like gets inside of his head and then boom, the headache is gone. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, it's, and she says, I, I got rid of his headache, like switching off a light. It was very easy, you know? So mm. she stays with him though for a few moments longer, trying to just figure out what's wrong with him. And she didn't really know what to look for. She was just thinking maybe the pattern was was having kind of a side effect on him because yeah. remember that Clay is a latent and he never transitioned. So yeah. he's 10 years past the point where he should have transitioned and his brother moved him way out into like nowhere in Arizona so he wouldn't have so many people around him like causing him trouble because he, he didn't know how to control um, his listening and things. So she's looking around and then it's almost like she sees something in the corner. You know, it's like a tiny little web or something. And then mm. she goes back to look and she doesn't really see it again. So she just focuses. I love Octavia's descriptions of the pattern, yes, you know, so that too. we really get the idea of of like the journey. She focuses in. It's almost like a camera lens. Like, let me get closer. Let me get closer. Let me get closer. Yeah. And then she streams around and looks at the web of the pattern. And then she catches this little slender, fragile thread. And it's like so vulnerable compared to everybody else's thread. And somehow Clay had become a member of the pattern. And she's like, well, how did this happen? Yeah. The only thing that she could think of was that there, there's no latents. And she really just didn't think that they could be a part of it. But she was like, there he is, 10 years delayed from transition and what she is thinking is Clay is actually transitioning now. Yeah. And that's why he's been doing so bad. It's it's really, really, it's really incredible. And so Doro, if y'all will remember, Doro has no time for non-transitioning latents. He used to kill them all. Yeah. And he stopped his practice of, you know, killing them. And then just, you know, more ask, hey, you want to kill that kid? Because <laughs> they're, they're not going to transition. So he has, he has no use for them. He has no, he doesn't really think about them at all. But Seth, Seth is like, he can't be in the pattern because Doro said, and Doro's in the library kind of listening in on what's going on. Like Doro says that, you know, Leighton's can't, once they miss their time, they miss their time. And she's yeah. like, Mary's like, Doro's wrong. Yeah. And and so now they understand that there is something more going on with this pattern. And then Doro wants to talk to Mary. And the idea is Doro is, is supposed to be, you know, leaving. 
Um, but before we get to that, <laughs> <laughs> before we get to that, Carl is like, I don't know, Carl is such a strange person. So she thanks Carl for helping with the meeting and supporting, you know, and also like the people were trying to kill her and Carl was on her side. But she's like, thanks for your help. And then Carl's like, you didn't need it. And yeah. she's like, yes, I did. I, I maybe I couldn't have, you know, stopped myself and from killing somebody. And that's not what I wanted to do. Carl, he just doesn't care. And so Mary is like, what is going on? Wait a minute. She says, I have a feeling that even though you sided with me, you're the only one in the house that I haven't really won over. Yeah. And he says, you didn't win over anybody. You bludgeoned the others into submission. And I had already submitted. So Carl is still like feeling his feelings. He's picked the side he needs to pick for the journey he needs to take. It, it feels like he doesn't even like her. You know, it feels no. like he has no feelings for her. He's, he has no empathy for her. He's um, like, I he's, have to be here. <laughs> I have to be here. He's very threatened. And then he does this thing he has already done and he did with Vivian where he kind of does pulls the Doro card kind of like, you know, Dora's supposed to be leaving. I guess you're going to, you know, you're going to miss that. And she's like, what the heck? Because he's yeah. been with Jan. He's been with Vivian. And he has the nerve to talk about Doro and me. Uh, he did the same thing with Vivian. So we see Carl is in his most insecure version yeah. of himself. Even though Mary had the experience, you know, <laughs> being killed, he can't rise above it. So basically, they're with Doro. And Doro is approving of Mary's plan. She thinks it's a good idea if she can like get get together and pull some people in. And he's still trying to be in charge. Carl is is not being helpful at all. And so she tries to tell him about bringing the the Leightons in. And yeah. he's kind of like Clay lost any chance of becoming an active over ten years ago. 10 years ago, she mm -hmm. says, we didn't have the pattern. So they're mm -hmm. kind of going back and forth. And she's like, I think I can get some more Leighton's up in here. Yeah. And so Keith's like, what do you mean more Leighton's? <laughs> like, wait mm -hmm. a minute. I didn't expect there to be more. But she's mm -hmm. like, yeah. And <laughs> she says, I got these cousins, you know, Jamie and Christine Hansen, And they're, they're in trouble. Like, you know, mm -hmm. Christine's done cut all her hair off. Isn't it funny how being bald headed like back in the day for Look, was such a big sign. deal? Okay, did you? Yeah. Oh, you bald? Okay, God, we're was like, a she, she okay. cut all her hair off. <laughs> so you know, she'd been pregnant three times, and you know, not mm -hmm. had no kids. Um, Jamie, he's he's gone up in the jail, and they're just both in bad shape. And this is like, you know, a family that Doro has neglected. For yes. two decades. Um, yes. I'm jumping ahead, but I'll just tell y'all now. Doro has not paid any mind to these people. No. Like, he's left them to suffer. He yes. has not supported them. He has not offered anything. He's like, they're useless to me. She takes a look, you know. She goes up into the pattern, and she looks at them. Christine's, you know, having a fight. And Jamie's, like, playing guitar in the garage. And she gets them. And she just, boop. She just did that. And then she comes back and she's like, I did it. And she, she's like, I'm not sure what expression I was wearing, but Doral frowned and drew back from me a little. I did it. I got you two more. And Doral's like, uh, which two? 
did you know who is it? And she's like, Hanson, Christine, and Jamie. I got them. They live over on Cooper Street. <laughs> and he's Doro's freaked out. Mm-hmm. That's all I could tell y'all. Doro is like, I don't really understand. And yeah. she's like, Nope, I got them. And she let Carl see in. She's like, I brought the can- the Hansons in. Doro's. I don't know what's going to happen to Doro. He's just not feeling it. And yet he's interested and he he wants to know. Um, so she's like, you know, it isn't exactly a plan. I haven't had time to think. I just wanted to start bringing in Leighton's and letting the pattern push them through transition. You were satisfied that the Hansons were on their way, I guess. And he says, yes. She's like, good. The houses in this neighborhood have room for a lot more people. All of our neighbors can be persuaded to take in house guests. And then Carl's like, all of them? And he's being sarcastic, like kind of how many latents are you planning to enslave? And she's like, I'm not going to be enslaving any latents. That's not what I'm doing. I can help them transition and can help them make their lives better. You know, she thought about it. She's like, they're they're latents. And if Rena and the Hanson family... And just about all the rest of my relatives are any indication Leighton's live like dogs. They spend most of their lives sharing other people's pain and slowly going crazy. Why should they have to go through that if I can give them a better way? And Hmm. Carl's like, are you sure it's going to be better? And she says, how many Leighton's do you imagine burn the hands off their kids like your mother did or worse? So if you remember that Carl's yeah. mom like burned his hands and then it was Emma or one of Emma's people mm-hmm. who healed him. It took a long time, but that's how he got his hands back. Mm-hmm. Again, Carl's just being sarcastic and not helpful. Are you going to save them all? And she is, she's not here for them. You know, Doro says, Mary, as angry as he's just made you, I think he's right. I think there's a reason for what you want to do that you haven't faced yet. Think about it. And she was just about to blow up at Carl. But when Dora said that same thing in a different, in different words, it didn't bother me as much. And that makes me think of one of the questions you added in a, asked in the last chapter about how to, to move through these things. And so she said, well, why did I want to see as many latents as possible brought through transition? So, I could be an empress. I wouldn't even have to say that out loud. It sounded too stupid. But whatever I called myself, I was definitely going to wind up with a lot of people taking orders from me. And that really didn't sound like such a bad thing. (laughs) So she's just admitting that she knows that she wants to be who she is. I had known that Leighton's were suffering for most of my life. I grew up watching one of them suffer, Rena. Of course, I couldn't have done anything about it until now. But I hadn't really wanted to do anything. I hadn't cared, not even during the time just before my transition, when I found out just how much Leighton suffer. After all, I knew I wasn't going to be one much longer. Did I need those Leightons somehow? Was that why I was so enthusiastic, so happy that I was going to get them? I knew I wanted them in the pattern. They belonged to me and I wanted them. The only way to find out for sure whether or not I needed them was to leave them alone and see how I fared without them. And I didn't want to do that. So she says to Doro, I'm not sure what you want me to say. You're right. I want to bring the latents through for my own satisfaction. I admit that. I want them here around me. But as for why, I shook my head. So Mary is working through all of this. 
Uh, you don't have to kill, Doro said quietly, but you have to feed. And six people aren't enough. This is what Doro says. Six people are not enough. So she, Carl wants to know what it feels like for her to like feed and the sensation. So she gives, she gives Carl like, like she sends him a text <laughs> through the pattern and says, it's like this. And like this. he, it's like here. And he jumps and he goes, Jesus Christ. Like he is completely floored. If that's what you felt, I'm surprised you didn't go ahead and take the rest of us. It's possible that she was only saving the rest of you for another time, Doro says. And Pete, that she's having this huge, you know, navigational, you know, conversation with these two men that are so threatened by her. Yes. You know, each of them could really support her by what they know, but they're they're simultaneously drawing out from her and attacking her at the same time. Yes. So Carl wants her to open to him again, and she sighs. And she says it would be easier to live with if he knew whether Doro was right or wrong, or at least knew he couldn't find out. I watched him not really caring what he found. I stopped him just as he was about to break contact. And I let him know you and I are going to have a talk later. And Carl says about what? About making some kind of truce before you manage to go with me into hitting you back. And mm. so she's about had it with his attitude. And he says, do you realize you're exactly the kind of parasite he described? And this is Doro's, this, this Doro talking about that she needs to feed and she needs more people because the six aren't enough. And he says, yeah. except, of course, you prey on actives instead of ordinary people. And I can see what you found. I do seem to be taking a tiny amount of strength from you. This is Mary. She's saying that she's taking these small amounts of strength, but not enough to bother you. And... Carl's like, that's not the point. The point is, you don't want me taking anything. Do you have to be told that I don't know how to stop it anymore? That's Mary. So mm-hmm. Mary and Carl are having a fight. Mm-hmm. And the fight is over the fact that the being that she is does need to draw energy from the pattern and from the people in the pattern. I've never seen a person born to be a late and suddenly pushed into transition. I'm assuming they'll have to have problems. And this is Doro setting up the transitions yeah. and make, and getting everything in order. And Doro is not leaving. He is not going anywhere. This is way, 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 way too much. And he wants to, he wants to know what's going on. And he's also, you know, starting to really understand the power that Mary has. And when I say understand, understand that it exists, not understand what it is. That's understand right. that it's it's off the charts. It's not, you know. That's right. So Mary asked this question about the pain of transition. Why is it necessary? And the answer in earlier generations of actives, the more help the person in transition received, the longer it took him to form his own shield. And Doro actually grimaces remembering this. Before I understood that, I had several potentially good people die of injuries that wouldn't have happened if their transition had ended when it should have. And I had others who died of sheer exhaustion. So Mary shudders. This is all scary to all of them. Sounds Mm. like it would be best to leave them alone completely, she glanced at Dora, which is probably why I'm the only one out of the seven of us who had any help. And um, you were also the only one of the seven to have a 17-hour transitions. 
So transition should be 10 to 12 hours. Hers was 17. So Carl did a good job in keeping her from hurting herself and keeping her alive. Yeah. So it's time to talk to Seth about Clay's transition and they're telling Seth he can't be a part of it. Seth is, you know, done every single thing with his brother, every single thing for his brother. And he doesn't understand and he wants to know why and he wants to be made to know what he should do. And she's just like, you're too close to him. You're not going to be helpful and it needs to be somebody else. So it's settled. She puts her foot down and is like, that's that's what it's going to do. Rachel was on her feet again after two days of her attack on Mary. Um, Jesse was still very, very weak and he needed a day longer. And so when Rachel got better, she sent Rachel to kidnap the Hansons. Like, go get them. So she has them in the pattern, but she doesn't have their, their, they're not physically there. And she said, make their parents believe they've left home for good. And Mary says, you know, because one way or another they have, and it's kind of like you running around stealing people's children now. <laughs> they always, they all think the worst of yeah, her. Exactly. Yeah. So she's like, you know, what's going to happen to them? Like, you know, they're going to end up in a hospital or jail again. It's going to be terrible and go get them. Rachel says that she wants to be helpful during transition. And because Rachel is a healer and knows what she knows, this is like, okay, let's let you do that. So Doro contemplates all of what's happening. Mary notices that Doro is always around now. Doro was like about to leave and now Doro's stuck to her shoulder. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and she's like, you always around, you my shadow. <laughs> and he's like, you Girl, don't. You only knew. <laughs> <laughs> you only knew. And he's like, you don't mind. And she's like, nah, I'm used to you. Um, I'm really going to miss you when you leave. And, um, but, but I know you won't be leaving soon because you're hooked. You want to know what's going to happen. And Doro says to himself, you couldn't be more right. And she couldn't be more right. And it wasn't just the three coming transitions that he wanted to see. They were important, but Mary herself was more important. Her people were submitting now all but Carl and she would overcome Carl's resistance slowly. Doro wondered what Mary would do with her people once she had subdued them. Before she discovered Clay's potential, she had probably wondered herself. Now, though, Doro had reworded Carl's question. How many Leightons did she think she wanted to bring through? All of them, of course, she said. All of them. Now Doro was waiting. He didn't want to put limits on her yet. He was hoping that she would not like the responsibility that she was creating for herself. He was hoping that before long, she would begin to limit herself. If she didn't, he would have to step in. So Doro goes on for a long time thinking about this stuff, but you can see that he's already set up that there should be limits. And I don't know what that's about, Adrian. Maybe you have some questions about this idea of like, somebody being successful and then somebody who thinks they're in charge of them witnessing that success and then trying to 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 pull it back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the cousins um Mary gave Carl charge of the ball girl cousin Christine and then probably she wished she hadn't cuz Christine is fine with her ball head. She looks great. Mm-hmm. And she gave um you know Christine and Jane and Jamie a single intensive session on the telepathic indoctrination. And she gave Seth, Jamie. So the Hansons are in 
And this is the transitions. Jamie went into transition first, about a month after he moved into the Larkin house. He was young, strong, and surprisingly healthy. He came through. He had um, sprained his wrist and blackened one of Seth's eyes. And he broke the bed, but he's <laughs> he's all right. And Clay, yeah. who, Clay, who should have been first, was next. He came through in a short, intense transition that almost killed him. He actually suffered heart failure, but Mary got his heart started again and kept it going until Rachel arrived. Clay's transition was was over in five hours. It was a burst of thunder or many thunders. Mm. And it left him with none of the usual bruises and strange because Mary did not try to restrain him with her own body or tie him down. She simply paralyzed his his um, voluntary muscles and he lay motionless while his mind withered through the chaos. Clay became an active, but not a telepathic active. His budding telepathic ability vanished with the end of his transition, but he was compensated for it, as we soon learned. When he transitioned, he sees some food and he sees a bowl of soup and a spoon and he picks it up with his mind and brings it to himself. He basically can can move. He can fly. He can, exactly. yeah, he ends up on the ceiling looking down. He's, <laughs> he's, he's having a blast. He picks up Mary. I'm, I'm skipping. I'm not giving y'all all the description. It's, it's so wonderful. Cool. <laughs> it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I wonder if y'all um, remember who could fly and who could do this in um, Wild exactly. Seed. So he is so happy. He is not attached to the pattern. And he can go and he is ready to get out there and be on his own. He's like, I'm going to go back to Arizona. I'm going to raise myself a few cows and maybe a few kids. And good luck, says Mary softly. And he just, he's so happy. He grins at her. He says, you wouldn't believe how easy this is. He lifted her clear off the floor, brought her up to his eye level with him. She gazed at him unafraid. He said, what I've got is better than what you got. And he's joking. Mm. No, it isn't, ma'am, but I'm glad you think it is now put me down. So <laughs> this is a beautiful thing. Doro goes on to explain a lot about the ancestral line of people with this particular gift. So Mm-mm. Christine Hansen came through in an ordinary transition, perhaps a little easier than most. She made Uh, More noise than either of the men because of the pain. Even slight pain terrified her. So she had a hard time. She was screaming and she was doing all of the things that you do in transition, but like louder than anybody else. And Rachel, um, it was possible that one or both of them might learn to heal. And it was possible that, that they, Rachel and Mary, might be very long lived. So Mm -hmm. these cousins lives have completely changed and uh, whatever potential Jamie and Christine had they accepted their places in the pattern easily they were Mary's first grateful pattern members and their membership brought an unexpected benefit that Jesse accidentally discovered now all the members could move further away from Mary without discomfort suddenly more people meant more freedom yeah. And we're going to we're going to end this chapter with Doro. Doro watched <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you know. 
Oh, Dora watched and, and worried silently. The day after Christine's transition, Mary began pulling in more of her cousins, honey. Ada, who knew a few of her relatives, began trying to reach out to them in Washington. Dora could have helped. He knew the locations of all the important latent families, but as far as he was concerned, things were moving too quickly. Even without his help, he said nothing. He had decided to give Mary two years to make what she could of her people. That was enough time for her to begin building the society she envisioned, what she was already calling a patternist society. But two years should leave Doro time to cut his losses if it became necessary without sacrificing too large a percentage of his breeding stock. They were a people who belonged to him since Mary belonged to him, but they were not a people he could be a part of. As Mary's pattern brought them together, it shut him out. Together, the patternists were growing into something that he could observe, hamper, or destroy, but not something he could join. They were his goal, half accomplished. He watched them with carefully concealed emotions of suspicion and envy. Chapter 8, chapter 8, and this is also the end of part 2. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, delicious. Thank you, Toshi. Oh, That's my That's a really goodness. good summary. Yeah. You always do such a good job with mm-hmm. so much content. Um, so much, y'all. I left out things. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I mean, you left out whole movies worth, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, not even a subtle hint. I just feel like the pattern of series could be like a 10-year 15-year television show easily and just continuously satisfy. Um, So, questions. Yes. Why does it calm people to know Mary's power and boundaries? Like, when it kind of clicks for people, like, oh, she's not trying to kill us. Like, you know, like... What's what's starting to calm and land for people, right? This this chapter is like, there's the explosive energy and then folks starting to be like, okay, wait. Like, maybe we can trust her or maybe we can trust her to a degree. Mm. Does it remind you of the way people orient towards Doro or does it mm-hmm. feel very distinct from how they orient towards Doro? Just notice. And what if Mary can awaken a whole latent pattern as she's doing with Clay? What becomes possible? How big of a pattern do you think she can hold? And bringing this home, who are the latents in our society? Like if you think about who is, who are the latents in your family, in your own life, 
in your community? And what would happen if they were activated into powers, mm-hmm. right? If, if that which makes them latent and dysfunctional was suddenly activated into functionality, what could become possible? Um, where do you see recovery and aftercare in this chapter? Hmm. Right? So we see that Mary, one of the first distinctions between Mary and Doro is that she's not just there through a transition with people but she's very interested in the recovery process. How do they recover? How do we care for them after? How do we start connecting, right? With Rachel, she's like, okay, was that enough? Mm -hmm. Right? And she's actually really gracious, Mm -hmm. right? She's like, okay, so find your job, find your position, Mm -hmm. you know? There's recovery, there's aftercare. She's caring. Yes. She actually cares. Now, when Doro reminds Mary that she's actually in service to his vision, right? what is he sensing there? Hmm. Right? What is he attending to? Is there any aspect that, you know, do you buy it? Is he trying to help her navigate her own shadow? Is he still trying to operate as a mentor in some way? Or is he just trying to keep her small? Right? He nervous is everything, He's yeah. so nervous. He's so worried. In my mind in this chapter, he looks like... um. That dude from Billions, the one who plays the attorney general. <laughs> I can't remember his name right now. Um, they just always like trying to scheme and trying to grab some power. And it's just like like kind of mm, rat-like, you know, just like, how do I? He's worry, 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 worry. <laughs> yeah. It reminds um, me of, of sports teams. Like if you follow any sport team and there's like somebody who's been the the, the great one for a very exactly. long time. And then they bring in that the younger person mm-hmm. and there's all of this conversation about, you know, the best way to shape it is that that the, the great one becomes the younger person's mentor. And oh, it's yes. like, you know, teaching them and, and, and you know, raising them up. Yeah. And, you know, you just, it just everybody follows the friction because, you know, sometimes that works exactly. and sometimes it doesn't. And a lot of times it does not. Yeah, yeah, Especially, does not. yeah. So... And, you know, each of the people, we keep seeing each of them comparing Mary's powers to others mm-hmm. and being like, oh, she's like this, she's got this, she's like this other mm-hmm. person over here. Is there any power that's unavailable to Mary right now? Like, hmm. do you have a sense of anything Mary can't do? Do you have a sense that she just hasn't tried? You know, what's your orientation to, what's your orientation as you're reading to Mary's power? Are you continuously surprised? Just notice that, right? Mm-hmm. Notice that for yourself. Do you feel like you have a full sense of your own powers? Do you feel like those you're in community and organizing with have a full sense of your powers? Could you still be surprised? Ooh. Could you still be surprised? I'm so down to be surprised. I yeah. can't even tell y'all. I want to live in the land of good surprises. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I feel like this, I feel like this is one of the things when I see people who sort of reach the pinnacle of one aspect of career. And then they're like, but wait, I'm a painter, you know, or something. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, you know, it's not necessarily a surprise, but I think it, there can be a surprise at how excellent it can be. Mm-hmm. Now, I also wanted to wonder if anyone was noticing the harm reduction in this chapter. So, you know, the framework from harm reduction, one of the ones that I love, harm reduction is a model for dealing with active drug use primarily. And one of the things it talks about as a model is drug set and setting, 
Like what is the drug you're using? What is the mindset that you're in? And what is the setting you're in when you're using it? And most cases of addiction and overdose happen when one or more of those factors is out of balance or unknown, Mm. right? So if you're like, I'm in a perfect place to do drugs and I'm in a happy mindset, but this is a mysterious drug. I don't actually know what it is. Right. Um, it says that said it was ecstasy, but actually it seems to be speed, you know, and what Mary is up to is Mary is able to taste something that for other people, based on their mindset, they would be unable to turn away from. They would not be able to stop themselves. They would keep consuming until they consume the whole pattern, right? That's what Carl says. He's like, I would have eaten everybody. <laughs> I would have just yeah. sucked it all up, right? But Mary's able to taste it and control her access to the substance with a long-term view of like, oh, if I dose this appropriately, I can have more. Like, mm-hmm. And I can keep inviting more people into this pattern and have more and more, right? And this feels like one of the first places where we can really get a distinction between Mary and Doro in terms of their capacity to handle the drug, right? Because Doro is like, I just will consume it all. Yeah. Yeah, from the very beginning, his gift was always one where he's like, I just consume the whole thing. Now, Mary doesn't know yet what it tastes like to get that high. Yeah. She has never done a full consumption, so she doesn't know. And we don't know what will happen to her when, if that moment comes. That's right. Right? But right now we're seeing this sort of harm reduction of her being like, well, this substance is great. I want to make sure I can do this for a while. Mm-hmm. Right? Now I have this question because this Doro edging and teasing that he's about to leave, right? Doro's like, I'm leaving. No, I'm not leaving. I'm, not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I'm leaving. If you were Doro, why would you leave? Mm-hmm. Right? You've been trying to develop this particular thing forever. And yet, as soon as it starts coming into formation, you're like, I'm going to leave, right? So, you know, I found myself asking at this reading in a new way, like, like, why why is he determined to leave and play in himself because he keeps staying? Is it part of his mechanism for staying distant from his pattern, right? Mm -hmm. That he's like, I'll never get overly involved because I don't stay anywhere long enough to do so. Mm -hmm. Does it protect him in some way? Did he underestimate how interesting <laughs> the Mary experiment would be? I think that's a big part of it, right? Is it his fear that's keeping him there? Mm-hmm. But yeah, why would he leave? I wouldn't I don't know because he's that's definitely he's definitely being that person who says they're going to leave the party. Exactly. And they're like, yeah, I'm about to go get my coat. Oh, look, <laughs> you know, I was like waiting for somebody to say, no, stay, stay longer. Like we need you. And it's so weird. It's what he's already built with everybody. Everybody's so used to him coming and going on his own terms. They never get, get to be in control of that. They can't even want it. You know, it's exactly. Anyanwu is the only one who really ever got to say like, no, why don't you stay a couple more days or something yeah. like that? Small things. Yes. I think so many things are happening for him. And he's yeah. got nobody. Like I'm he's got nobody. Like he's it, he has nobody and I think this is where You know, Doro as the um, mascot of toxic masculinity, this is where his game starts to fall apart, right? Mm -hmm. And we've only seen that happen to him once before with Anyanwu, where he was like, he didn't actually want to leave and he didn't want her to leave. Now with Mary, he doesn't want her to die, right? But he also doesn't want her to do whatever she's doing. Like he's like, 
you know, he keeps thinking in his mind that he is in control. Yeah. And so leaving normally is the way he exerts control. Mm-hmm. In this case, staying is going to be the only way he might exert control. Right? Again, check and see if that resonates with anything you've experienced in your own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really ask yourself, what are the kinds of power currently represented by Doro and by Mary? Mm-hmm. Right? Doro is representing a singular power, and Mary is beginning to represent something collective. Like she wants to form community, wants to yes. form network, and not for the sake of just using them. Like there's something in her that's like, I, I don't want them to suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we can liberate them all from suffering. And so, Doro's, Doro's never thought about those people. No, he's like, I he's like that. They didn't, they didn't work. That's my Petri dish experiment, 473. Yeah. Final couple of questions here. You know, Doro talks about how easy it is for him to control Mary because she loves him. Mm-hmm. That the, the only thing for someone as powerful as her, the only thing that really gives him the power to control her is that she loves him. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen someone be easy to control because of love? Mm-hmm. Have you experienced this? Mm-hmm. Right. And how did it play out over time, mm-hmm. right? Does it ever work over time? You know, does someone, do you keep loving someone who is controlling you? Mm. Yeah. Seeds. And what is the danger of Doro's envy, right? We close out with Doro starting to feel suspicion and envy over this network that he cannot join. He cannot be a part of it. He has created the people that he's been trying to create but once again, he's outside of it, right? Can we feel compassion for that? What do we feel? What is the danger of that, mm. right? Just notice what comes up for you. And then just finally, what are you learning as an organizer, right? Mm. Watching this, watching these people who have been bred to be submissive come into their power mm. together, collectively, right? Yes. Ooh, Octavia, do it to us. Dun, 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 do it to us. Octavia's parables. Octavia's parables. Octa- am I, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. It's too, so exciting. Maybe I'm too excited about my life. Octavia's <laughs> parables is hosted by myself, Adrian Marie Brown, and Toshi Regan. Mm-hmm. Our producer is Kat Aaron. Our show art is from Krista Franklin. We're transcribed this summer by Jess Pinkham and Sarah Rubens Breen. You can find us on Twitter at O Parables, Patreon at patreon.com slash O Parables, on Instagram at O Parables, and transcripts for all of our episodes live at readingoctavia.com. Music for Octavia's Parables is You Don't Know the Time, written and performed by Toshi Regan, the Sower Song, written by Bernice Johnson Regan, and performed by the cast of Octavia E. Butler's Parable of the Sower, Memorial Hall, oh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and the song Living After All, written and performed by Toshi Regan. Yes! Crowd's going wild. All right. We love y'all, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. A sower went out to sow her seed. A sower went out to sow her seed. A sower went out to sow her seed.
Oh, oh, oh.